Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. So we're doing a three-week sermon series called 25, and the reason it's called 25 is we're going to do the three sections of Matthew 25. So there are three interesting sections. Today is the parable of the ten bridesmaids, which is sometimes referred to as a parable of judgment. There are several parables of judgment, and it's, to be honest, a confusing parable, but I, I want to hopefully put a little different twist on it today, and we can look at it maybe as having a little bit more grace to say than maybe sometimes we've read this. And so here are the words of Jesus from Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. All of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And then all those bridesmaids got up, trimmed their lamps. But the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So it's a parable about a wedding. It involves a degree of not being prepared for the wedding or being ready for the wedding. I was thinking about this in terms of some of our weddings here at Peace, and I know I see some of you out there that I've been a part of your weddings, and I don't know if there's any here that I I plan to be a part of your wedding, but if so, uh, you might be a little nervous with what I'm about to share. (laughs) It was a couple years ago, shortly after COVID, and... Uh, I was sitting in my garage with the garage door open. I unfolded a chair, and I was watching as these storm clouds kind of moved in. It was about 12.30, and I got a phone call from Sarah Bennett, our wedding coordinator. And she, and I answered the phone. I said, oh, hi, Sarah. What's going on? She's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm watching these clouds come in. It's looking like rain here. It's, it's really kind of fascinating. They're really, and she's like, uh, hello? Why aren't you here? There's a wedding at 1230. Looked at my phone. I had put it down for 230. <laughs> That's a bad feeling. That's a bad feeling. So I... One time I've ever gone to a wedding unshowered, unshaven, but in a suit, and arrived, and then she wouldn't let me leave after that wedding because I had another one at 4.30. But 
To be fair, you may be asking, when you arrive late at a wedding, does anyone notice? The answer is yes. I see you come in the back doors and go into, I may be the only one, and it's a judgment-free zone, so. But weddings, my example is, it made me <laughs> overly prepared for weddings now. I double-check, I leave the office on Thursday, and we confirm times now just so I can be prepared. But is that the moral of this story that we read this morning, because I think often what we do is turn it into a parable of being prepared. And sometimes we try to put different situations, diff- make the parable fit our situations today, and we try to line it all up, a one-for-one one sort of lineup, and that's hard to do with this parable. And sometimes we lose sight of what's actually happening in this parable because we don't understand it. I mean, think of some of the things that are going on here. We have bridesmaids, some that take extra oil because they don't know how long they're going to have to wait. And some are just like prepared like you would normally be. And so the the ones with extra oil have prepared extra long for for what they don't know what's going to happen. It's almost like if we put it in a modern context, we'd have some bridesmaids walking down the aisle with a suitcase in tow and others without it. Like, we don't know how long this is going to take. But there's also some confusion in the fact that this wedding didn't get going till midnight. Midnight. So maybe it would help if we did a little bit of Middle Eastern context here. It was common, actually, in those days that the wedding wouldn't start till midnight. Because what would happen is the crowds would gather, the bridegroom would arrive from wherever he'd come from, and then the bride, after the service, the bride and the bridegroom would go into, most likely, the father's house to consummate the wedding while everyone outside the wedding waited. No pressure, right? You don't want to take too long. You don't want to take too close. (laughs) But that was the scene. And then after that, they would party and get this, for seven days, they knew how to party. So that was the, the setting. Now, the problem is when we take all this and we try to figure out the moral, what's the moralism here? And it, 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 it's tricky because we see like the, the bridesmaids with all the oil, and when they're asked by the bridesmaids without the oil, could you please share? And their answer is, no, there won't be enough for us. No, that doesn't fit with Jesus' teachings at all. Jesus in the, in the, the Gospels tells us all the time, if someone asks for your coat, give them your shirt also. It's like you're supposed to go over in terms of sharing. So how is it that Jesus is now talking about these wise bridesmaids who don't share anything? And then I've also heard it explained, and I, I, I don't necessarily find this teaching to be true, but the, they, I've heard other teachers talk about how the oil is your good works. And that just feels off to me doesn't feel like something Jesus would be teaching. 
Sometimes when we look for the moral of a parable, it takes us in all sorts of weird directions. Nadia Boltz Weber says this, if you want to suck the life out of one of Jesus' parables, ask the question, what's the moral of the story? I think that's an important point. I'll say it again. If you want to suck the life out of one of Jesus' parables, ask what's the moral of the story. Because parables aren't about morals. They're about truth. And so we ask the question, where do we find the good news in this? And the last thing that we want to do with this parable is turn it into a, you got to try harder. You got to be more prepared. So Nadia goes on and she explains the importance to God of this word. Nothing. Nothing. This is where God does God's best work in the word nothing. Let me give you an example. The, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus said, all right, let's feed the crowds. Let's feed the crowds. What do you got? We almost have Nothing. Like two fish, a couple loaves of bread here. Got nothing. Jesus is like, that'll work. We can do that. We can use that. That'll work. It made me think also about the story of the rich man, and sometimes we, we turn it into a story of you can't have any riches. But, but what if in it, what Jesus is actually saying to the rich man is that none of that's going to do you any good if you want to be a part of the party. All that's required is Nothing. Or the, the great Old Testament story of the Valley of the Dry Bones where it's just bones laying there and God brings them to life in this display of God can work with nothing. I love that. So then, verse 6 of what I just read says, the crowds cry out, all the bridesmaids who were asleep hear this cheer and the cheer is, here comes the bridegroom. Here he comes. Now, how did they see the bridegroom? Is he walking in the dark? Chances are, you read this into it a little bit, but chances are he had a massive torch. He's coming. He's bringing the light. And what if our calling as people who follow Christ, as people of the church, is simply to, to cry out from time to time, here comes the bridegroom. He's come before, he will come again, and we're, our job is to look for him in the meantime. Here comes the bridegroom. There's another verse in scripture that says, in the city of God, there will be no need for light. It's provided. It's provided. I think in Jesus' parable, he's almost making a connection to that. I love that. So what if what's required for us, what God wants of us to be a part of the party is nothing? What if God thinks you simply are enough? Have you been told that lately? What if you right now are enough? In a world that tells us exactly the opposite, you are not enough. If you do this, then maybe you will be. If you try that, then maybe if, if you get on the next ring up, maybe then you'll be enough. And I, I don't know about you, but I am convinced that my phone hears everything I'm saying. 
And I can tell because when I get on any social media platform or even YouTube or even online sometimes, it brings up advertisements of something that has been a part of my life recently. So I don't know what this means and I hate to confess it to you, but lately it's been all diet ads. <laughs> and it tells me I'm not enough, it tells me try this, if you do this workout or this diet or the, this product, then maybe you'll be enough. And, but we get that all the time, don't we? You're not enough, you're not, maybe some of you have that complex of you're not as successful as your brother or your sister, you keep trying, but whatever they do turns to gold and you try doesn't seem to work, or maybe you don't have the right politics. Maybe you're not wearing the right clothes or in the right career. If you'd have just tried harder in your marriage. The world loves to tell us we're not enough. But what if for God, God says, hey, the only thing that I require for you to be a part of this party is that you bring nothing. Robert Farrar Capon, one of my favorite authors who wrote a book talking some about all the parables of judgment. The book, ironically, is called The Parables of Judgment. And in it, as he talks about the parable we just read, he says one of my favorite lines of all time. He says, God is not our mother-in-law coming to see whether her wedding present, China, has been chipped. God is a funny old uncle with a salami under one arm and a bottle of wine under the other. We do indeed need to watch for him, but only because it would be such a pity to miss all the fun. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. I'm also a lover of the band Gaelic Storm. Any of you ever seen Gaelic Storm? You ever go to the Irish Festival in Dublin, or sometimes they're at local places here, and, and they're a fun band to watch, and they have this great song. It says, me and the moon stayed up all night. I brought the whiskey, he brought the light. <laughs> what if we turned that into God speaking? <laughs> God and I wanted to party all night. <laughs> I brought the whiskey, God brought the light. <laughs> the light has been provided. All you have to do is come. You don't have to bring anything. But it might be fun to bring the whiskey. <laughs> 